We welcome you back to another episode of Inside Boxing Live. This is a podcast presented by John Boy Media and is hosted by me, Dan Canovio, and Chris Algieri, the former 140-pound WBO world champion. Chris, how are you, my friend? Another weekend of traveling for both of us, actually. Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm excellent. Another, like I said, another weekend. August is usually a slow month for boxing, not in 2023. We're 2023 is not a slow year. We have been uh, breakneck speed in a number of different avenues and venues, but that's a good thing, man. Boxing is live and well, which is why we get so much time on here to talk about it. Yes, I was on the call down in Orlando for MVP, Jake Paul's uh, promotion, uh, putting on some another amateur, or not amateur, excuse me, uh, prospect show, uh, headlined by Nestor Bravo, picking up a decision win. You're over in Atlanta, overtime. Uh, it gets a lot of pub on Instagram. I saw there was an overtime round, and our guy Kurt Scooby came, came out on top in a separate bout. Yeah, so the overtime, so that was our first overtime round. So and if people were not familiar, so for OTX, the overtime boxing, uh, there's some special rules. If there's a draw at the end of the fight, there's an overtime round, which is like a sudden death round, and the winner of that round wins the fight. Um, also, there are monetary incentives for scoring knockouts. Wow. And there's an even higher incentive if you do it in the first round or the last round. Ooh. So it entices guys to start fast, finish strong. Um, and then the overtime round, which which we finally had our first one. The crowd went was bananas. So, so oh what do you God, how do you feel awesome. about that? How do you feel about overtime? Like how much time do they take between the cool down period uh, of when you think the fight is over to when they start it up? Well, it's cool because like as soon as the fight's over, what normally happens? The gloves come off, right? Everybody right, yeah, starts yeah, yeah. peeling off. That doesn't happen. So you, everyone's just waiting around to see if we're going to go to another round or if there's going to be a judge's decision. So everybody kind of sits around. Most guys will sit down and just wait and breathe. Uh, but there was a good amount of time between figuring out that there was an actual draw on the scorecards to the point where the next bell rang and they actually fought. Listen, as a boxing traditionalist, I hate it, but it's really fun. <laughs> like I was going to say. It's really fun. If it was you, would you like that? Would you like to, like, know I'm in a close fight, fight's over, adrenaline dump, get these fucking gloves off of me. All of a sudden, like, no, we just hit the, the overtime button and you're fighting another round. Me personally, I would have liked it because I was always the endurance guy, and I was I had the sure. I was always in great shape. So I would have I would have I normally built as fights went on anyway. So I I, I that would have helped me out, and as long as I kept my mental together, that hey, listen, we can have an extra round, um, we can go for it. But uh, yeah, I would I would have hated it if 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 it didn't work out. <laughs> One extra round, wow, that's pretty cool. Crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's great to see like between MVP. Uh, between these boxing insider shows that I also work between overtime, it's like a boom right now in like club prospect shows, which is great. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we we lost it because of the pandemic, right? Like right. We, we weren't seeing those local shows and it looked like they would never come back. And now we're alive and well. And on top of that, these kids are getting on TV. Like we're or not TV, but streaming. They're getting on services where where their family and friends and and fans can watch them. So it, it these guys are getting big fight feels in in smaller shows. I think it's really good. I think it's going to help the sport ultimately. It's a, it's a proving ground for these young guys that we're going to be seeing in the years to come at the highest level. And now they have that kind of big fight feel and experience. So when they get there, they're not surprised. Yeah, that's so cool. I know I was doing that this weekend, um, seeing these young fighters five and zero, six and zero, squaring off. You know, those are the fights that you have to get to the top. You know, you got to you got to face an undefeated fighter at that age and or that time in your career. And then, you know, seeing like a Paulie Malignaggi and being like, oh, man, I want to be where you're at one day. I'm sure you get the same thing there. So that was our weekend. I uh, hope everyone had a good one out there. This upcoming weekend, we have actual some fights coming up. We got the uh, unified heavyweight champion of the world. We'll start there. 
Alexander Usyk is taking on Tyson Fury. No, he's not taking on Tyson Fury. He's taking on Daniel Dubois. Don't do that to me, Dan. Don't do that to imagine, me. Imagine though, or like imagine Oof. like this. That's how 2023 was was feeling. That's how 2023 is moving. Like we could easily have the first ever four belt unification, undisputed Fury Usyk, but but no, I'm blaming Fury for that. I am too, and I think most people are. And I'm I'm also blaming the WBC. Because yes. I'm not blaming Fury for taking the fight. I'm blaming the I'm blaming the WBC for allowing him to hold on to the belt, holding the belt hostage, hostage. and going to fight another sport, compete in another sport, while the undisputed champion or who could be the undisputed champion, you know, could uh could be vying for that last belt. Yeah, uh, WBC's <laughs> back up to their games now. They've they've taken away uh, Ruiz, Andy Ruiz Wilder because that they ordered that to be Tyson Fury's next mandatory, and they couldn't come up with a, a, a an agreement. So now they've taken away that fight, that mandatory. So Tyson Fury hasn't had a mandatory in like two years. I mean, I think his last mandatory was not Chisora, but White. Um, I know I put out a tweet and I got a lot of pushback on it. I was like. Tyson Fury's last 16 months is one fight against Derek Chisora. And I had so a bunch of replies. It's like, well, if he doesn't have a mandatory, then what is he supposed to do? Like, yeah, I understand. Like he's, he's playing with, uh, with the rules and the rules are obviously so skewed because it's boxing and there are no rules. And the WBC is more interested in, in, in uh, making money off these fighters than actually imp- imploring the rules. But, you know, well, no, no, there's point- rules. So there's rules for guys like Jermel Charlo, but there's not rules for <laughs> Canelo or Tyson Fury. Charlie, yeah, with the WBO. That's the problem. That there's four organizations running their own little schemes, and there's not one unified uh, organization that's running down. The WBO says we're stripping Jamel Charlo the minute he steps into the ring uh, with Canelo. Uh, it, you know, you got you got uh, Fury, who hasn't had a mandatory in two years. You got uh, this is so rigged up. It's so messed up. Um, but this weekend, we get Alexander Usyk back in the ring. Anytime Usyk steps in the ring, I got my eyeballs are on the TV. I just think he's, he's that good. He's that he's that interesting. Um, Danny Dubois, obviously, not a fight we want to see, but it's still a fun fight. It's still a heavyweight fight. Dubois hits hard. I expect those early rounds to be interesting. He's much bigger than Usyk. I feel like every fighter is going to be bigger than Usyk, but this is a, a, a guy with the one of the best skill sets in boxing who's just a treat to watch, a technician in there. Also has great power, you know, moving up from cruiserweight. There was a lot of good about Usyk. I'm just excited to see him in the ring. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm with you, Dan. And when Usyk is there, I'm, I'm watching. Um, he's one of the best fighters in the world. Um, he's high on a lot of pound-for-bound rankings. So, you know, that's another reason to tune in. But, yeah, I um, when this fight was first being talked about, I was like, oh, man, you know, Dubois is a dangerous guy. He hits hard. He's much bigger. Like, you asked all those points that you made. But then I kind of went into a deeper dive and I watched some of his recent fights and recent outings and just kind of his style and how they're going to match up. And I am not, I am not worried about Usyk anymore. And I think this, this is, I think, I think Usyk's going to stop him. I mean, uh, yeah. Dubois' punch resistance seems to have really fallen these last couple of fights ever since that, uh, that, uh, that juggernaut loss to Joe Joyce Oof. where he fractured his orbital. Um, you know, his last fight, he was fighting a relatively unknown guy from South Africa, a Southpaw, mind you, and was hurt. And dropped three times in the first round. Yeah, it was very, very odd Lorena? fight. Was it Lorena? Yeah, right? it was Lorena. Yep. Very, very odd fight. Um, and if that is any indication of how this Usyk fight is going to go, I don't think we're going to see the 12th round. Yeah, uh, it's, it's you know, the money's pouring in on Usyk. He's a minus 1,000 favorite um, over under seven and a half rounds. Um, I like the under there. Winning method. You can go Usyk by TKO. 
stoppage is minus 225. That's some pretty good value there. To go to the distance, plus 260. I don't think it's going to be like a, a one-punch knockout for, for Usyk. Uh, it's going to be a systematic breakdown. It's going to be what we see what we saw in that Joshua fight, like seemingly close fight, the second fight with Usyk and Joshua, especially Joshua having a ton of success in that ninth round. And I was like, damn, how, the, how is Usyk going to respond? He responded by landing like 50% of his punches in round 10, you know, stepped on the gas pedal through the most punches uh, from rounds like 10 through 12. So that's the type of fighter he is. He's a special fighter, man. This is like an, I don't want to say all time great, but he's approaching that. If he could keep knocking off heavyweights and then ultimately beat uh, a guy like Fury. But I expect a systematic breakdown. Maybe do you think over seven and a half or under? I'm thinking over. Actually, I think Dubois is big enough. That he'll he'll uh and and I think I think Usyk will be cautious enough because he is a heavy, he he understands it's heavyweight heavyweight punching heavyweight boxing and 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 Dubois can punch you know he's got a, he's got a lot of knockouts in in his in his in his wins um I think Usyk takes his time breaks him down and just kind of cooks him slow cooks him for a bunch mm. of rounds and gets him out of there late uh I was you mentioned that that Usyk Sek Joshua rematch I called that fight I called both those fights actually but um. Yeah, I was like, I I called it like he big brothered him. So you know when you, you know when you play a pickup basketball game with your older brother and you score yeah. on him and he goes, oh okay, and then he just rattles off like <laughs> like seventeen in a row. Yeah, that, that's, that's how it felt like with Usyk. Like, oh, you, you good round nine, good job, bud, and then just just tore him apart the next round. Yeah. And that to me was that was a turning point for me as an Usyk as an Usyk observer and fan. Be like, all right, this guy really is that special of a fighter. Yeah, good point because there was like still a little bit of doubts from people. Like I have him in, in my like, yeah, I have him in my my Mount Rushmore. You know, we don't subscribe or I don't subscribe to top ten pound for pounds. But if you gave me the top four right now, I have Usyk in there, yep. and Same. still get some pushback. Like, oh, this guy, you know, he's not a true heavyweight, and who do he beat at cruiser? And oh, all he beat is Joshua so far. Like, okay, all he beat was Joshua. We're talking about a guy that was at heavyweight his whole career and is a, is a damn good boxer. Beat him twice. And took his will away in that second one to the point where Joshua was chucking belts out of the ring, hip hip hooray. You you even forget Joshua fought a really good second fight. Yeah, awesome fight. Great in that fight, and he just he just got out. I get out manned. That was the best. Um, I audibly laughed when you, um, when he gave that whole speech, the hip hip hooray. uh, How did I lose to someone like you through the belts? And then you were like, "Well, that was weird." I think I said bizarre. It's like, well, that was bizarre. I was like, wow, Algeria. I'm gonna hire. I want to bring him on my podcast and make him my that, permanent co-host after that. That was one of those situations where, it, like, I'm I'm as befuddled as everyone else watching it in life, <laughs> and I forget that I have a mic in front of me that everyone uh, can hear. Bro, that's why you're the best. Where anyone else would be like, you know, like if it was Tony Ballou and the Matchroom guys, they'd be toned. That they would be like, yeah, okay, Joshua, that's what you should have done. Like Tony Ballou has come out and said, like. I don't know if I could call his fights or who was it? I think it was Carl Frampton said that because Baloo said that um, Joshua has as much power, if not more than Wilder. And because they're friends, it's hard yeah. to call fights that, you know, it's hard to call a fight of your friend. And, and I think it was Carl Frampton came out and said, listen, listen like maybe they shouldn't do it. Maybe you shouldn't. Tony Blue is like, don't call Joshua's fights anymore since you guys are friends because you're not calling it true. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of I have a lot of relationships with a lot of fighters that I call and you just have to be you know it's just it, it depends you know some people are more emotional than others if you just cut that out and just and kind of do what you do you know do 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 work do mm-hmm. the work in front of you call what you see um you know I get I get 
message you all the time. Oh, I like your commentary because you're not biased. And, you know, and those are, I'm still calling guys that I know just, but I'm, I'm calling what I see. And I know that's what my job is. And I'm not, I don't have an agenda. I don't care who wins any of these fights. Um, you know, even people when I know, I just, I just kind of shut that, that version off. Like a judge, you're supposed to, how you're supposed to be unbiased. Right. It's hard to do, but yeah, you, you got to tuck your emotions away. It is hard. It is hard. And even when I, I on the lower level, when I see a, a fighter mm -hmm. that fought on the card on MVP, he's on the flight with me and he's like, who, who do you think won? He lost the fight. And I was like, yeah, I, I honestly thought you lost. Uh, you fought close, but you lost. What's the point of me gassing him up and being like, oh, you won that fight, man. You 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 won just because it's an awkward conversation. Like, no, you got to be straight up and they got to they got to learn from it, even at the, the highest levels. Um, Back to Usyk at the, at the heavyweight. Uh, four fights at heavyweight. He's starting to, uh, that's crazy. He's starting to build up that resume at heavyweight. Um, he's only throwing 52 punches around Chris. That's, he was throwing 70 at cruiser. So you, we're starting to see, remember there was a lot of questions about how he would fight as a heavyweight. Will he be bouncing around in there as a smaller guy? He's put on a ton of mass. Like I saw a picture yeah. of him in 2018 as a cruiser to now, like he's put on the mass. He looks like a heavyweight. He's, he's slowed down a little bit in terms of volume, which is probably good for his gas tank, 51 punches around. You know, still landing 43% of his power shots. Um, you know, still throwing that jab out there. Defense is amazing. His opponent's only landing nine punches per round. So the guy is a dynamo. He's so damn good, and I can't wait to watch him fight. We'll see if Dubois can bring a fight to him, but I think our official pick is late stoppage, uh, over seven and a half stoppage. Um, did your official pick for us in that heavyweight fight over on ESPN? Jared Anderson is back, uh, another heavyweight. I love this, I love that he's back in the ring. Uh, a lot of people were kind of torn on his last performance, uh, against the, the Prince. Um, what's his name again? What's the Prince's name? Charles Martin. Charles Martin, thank you, Chris. Um, people were torn on that fight. I thought he looked good, I thought he was a it's a good step up. You know, you can't expect him to blow out everyone, but I just like him being back in the ring and in like two months, he's back in there. That's good. Yeah. I think you got to put some respect on Charles Martin's name. I mean, he's, he's a former world champion. He's a very good fighter he's, and he's a puncher and a Southpaw. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge step up fight for Jared Anderson. And, you know, arguably very early in his career to do that. He's 23 years old. You know, he's, he's obviously hot and streaking, but yeah, that was a big step up fight. And I, I thought that I, I was not mad with the result at all. I thought he, I thought he had to overcome some things. He got hurt a couple times. Um, You know, he fought a former world champion and he looked good. He looked dynamic. He looked, he looked the way he normally looks. He just didn't get the the stoppage. He didn't blast him out. You're not, not going to blast everybody out, and you need fights like that. So no, I'm not. I'm not mad about that performance at all. I, I'm a little concerned that he's coming back after such a tough fight so quickly mm. in another heavyweight fight. Granted, the guy he's fighting is obviously not on the level of a Charles Martin or or even Jared Anderson, but still, it's like man, he had a big tough fight just a few weeks ago. Biggest step of his career. Went ten rounds, first time going the distance, and he got rocked a few times. So uh, I, I don't necessarily love that he's back so quick. But listen, in the 90s and 80s, this is what guys always did. Mike Tyson used to fight every couple of weeks. So, um, True. yeah, I guess if Jared Anderson is the throwback, the way that people are saying, or if he is the future of the sport, maybe he's both. Maybe he's the throwback and the future at the same time. <laughs> um, then then great. Mind. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was, we've talked about Jared quite a bit on this show, and I've been very bullish on him as being the future of the heavyweight division. Um, so... Yeah, I ho hopefully I might, my concern is just me just being overly cautious, but it is a little curious that he's coming yeah. back so quickly after well, a tough fight. You can have a you, every promotion has their warts. I've always said this, like you know, go through all the big ones: Top Rank, Golden Boy, PBC. The one thing about Top Rank is there's no one better at developing a career. Yeah. They have the best matchmakers. They have 
Bob Arum. They have Brad Jacobs, you know, damn Hall of Fame, Carl Moretti. Um, they have the best matchmakers. Brad Goodman. I mean, come on. These are some of the uh, – these guys guide careers. So, yeah. Hey, right. So, like, they know what – they know their guy, and they know what they got uh, to do to keep that momentum going, keep that career going. It is a little questionable, I guess, to hop back so fast. But then again, like, you can't complain as a boxing fan and be like, no, these guys don't fight enough, damn it, twice a year. Then they come back, and now we're – you know, so it's – he's going to go in there. This guy he's facing, uh, Rudenko. Is is not Charles Martin, so I expect another uh, washout uh, for Anderson. It's a pretty good card. F.A. Jogba is fighting mm-hmm. the guy that Anderson was supposed to fight last time. His name is so long, I'm not ever going to try. Um, Jalalov is on this card. It's his top-ranked debut. That's the big Uzbek that won the gold medal in the Olympics when he beat Richard Torres. This guy. Talk about Jared Anderson as the future. Jalalov. I mean, he's not as marketable as Anderson. This dude is... He's got a massive hand. He's like six foot ten. He's a bad dude. I've seen him fight a lot. I've called a few of his fights. He's with Debella, and now they did like a co-promotion. Keep an eye on him. Do you have anything about Jalalov? Uh, I don't know much about him. I'm you calling see the this fight, guy, bro. Well, I'm, I'm calling the fight this weekend, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll be in Tulsa. I got. You're gonna learn. Own. You're gonna learn. I'm gonna. I'm. You're gonna learn today. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn this weekend. Yeah, wait till uh, you see this guy. Like, look look up some of his tape. Like, he doesn't he hasn't fought too much on. He fought a lot on those like Saudi cards, and um, mm-hmm. you know, smart on top breaks part. Like, they're building up a Jalalev uh, Torres fight. They fought in the Olympics. Torres even like uh has acknowledged it. Um, big Uzbek is his nickname. A lefty South. He's a he's just a freak. Uh, Bruce Carrington's on this card. Nico Ali Walsh. If you're still into shoot, that. Shoot. Uh, Abdullah Mason, who's probably one good, of the man. best prospects in boxing. This is that this is what is Top good. Rank does good too, man. It's like they stack these cards. So tune in early on ESPN Plus and see some uh, future stars. So that's the the fights this weekend. Usyk uh, Dubois in the afternoon Eastern, probably like five six o'clock on ESPN Plus. And then that night you can just watch Jared Anderson and some of the future stars, some heavyweights. So that's a pretty good fight weekend after getting a little bit of nothing. Uh, this past week, I did order the UFC, Chris. Whoa, kind of sicko that I am. Um, whoa, 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 guy, come on, you get you, you pump the brakes. You can't have a, like a weekend alone. Your, your 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 lady must hate you. No, she she was she had her ladies' weekend. Uh, I flew back from Orlando. I had nothing to do. I haven't like I've been so busy this summer. I literally like sat on my couch and was starting to like freak out because I had no plans. I had nothing to do, and I was like, all right, I'll buy a pay per view number one because I want to support Aljamain Sterling, fellow Long Islander. So I actually bought Wrong the pay per view. I don't stream pay per views, and um, eighty eighty bucks, uh, eighty bucks. A little buyer's remorse. Uh, I wanted to check out the broadcast. I wanted to see like what's this? You I haven't watched you. First of all, Mike, your mic, Dan. Damn it! Three, two, one. Got it. Yeah, so I ordered the pay per view, and I haven't ordered UFC pay per view in years. So I wanted to like kind of see how they they run. Um, first of all. Way too late. Oh my god. The the main event started at 1 a.m. And I Ugh. tweeted it and I got people old man, like it's it's six a.m. here in Australia. It's one a.m. in the arena in Boston, and they're just getting into the cage. That's so dumb. Number one. Number two, I, I love the fact that everyone is in the arena for the like prelims going ape shit. Mm-hmm. Uh love that. Wideman fought on the card, another Long Island guy didn't look that great. Um but Sean O'Malley, holy shit, he knocks out Aljamain Sterling, and then he calls out Javante Davis after. Can we please stop? Can we? Can we just just 
stop calling out boxers. It doesn't make the UFC look good. They sh- Dana White controls these guys. He should tell them, whatever you do, stop calling out boxers because it's making us look bad because we don't pay you. And we know if you get in the ring, you get paid. Not only that, Javante Davis could beat Sean O'Malley with one hand tied behind his back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I get it, Sean. Trying to get that money, man. You know, every, every, everybody's seeing the Nagano debacle and like, oh man, that that's that's where the money's at. The money train. We like we we can we can we can negotiate ourselves into these kind of fights where we make these big money. And I mean, you're giving up your your UFC title and 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 prospects because Dana's gonna hate you after that. But hey, listen, you go go make that money. I get it, but yeah, I agree with you. I'm like, just stop. It's it, it. I don't think anybody cares anymore. I think I think it really should have ended with Mayweather McGregor, right? Because it was such a farce. That whole thing leading up to it was insane. But I mean, the fight sucked, and it's again, it was a farce. But um, yeah, I mean, um, O'Malley is very talented, man. I, we were talking about this off air, and I'm really impressed with uh, his his rotation on his punches. He gets great leverage. He's a tall guy for the weight class. Uh, he's big because Algernon Sterling, Sterling's huge for the weight class, yeah. and, and he didn't look that much bigger than O'Malley at all. O'Malley was taller, and the way he rotates over on that that counter right hand that ended the fight, he gets great athletic rotation on those shots and generates a ton of power. You know, he's able to knock out Sterling basically with a single shot, drop them face first, and then finish him up with the hammers. But um, yeah, he's a talented guy. But listen, boxing is a whole different whole different animal. It's just that, like that, a, that, it's, I know that it doesn't, is. that doesn't translate. It's just a, a tire. It's so tired. Like every argument has been made by the highest up uh, on in the fight game down to like the comments that I, I get on our, our social media. Like we know it by now. Even MMA fans know it by now. Like they're almost rolling their eyes. Like, come on, I got another one. Just we have this new star. He's clearly the face of UFC for the first time ever. They put the entire fight on YouTube uh, the day after. It's something that UFC does not do. So it's very clear they want Sean O'Malley to be the face in this post Conor McGregor uh era that we're living in even though mcgregor thinks he's still active he's not so sean o'malley is clearly their guy and then he the first thing he, he yes he called out this other guy cheeto vera like the the fight yeah the Javanta line was like legit a throwaway line in a press conference but of course you know he did it for a reason like that fight won't happen anytime soon the nagano fight happened with fury because nagano left the ufc there's no way it's going to happen anytime soon there's no way he could win what's the point besides boxing fans just laughing at MMA fans, which is now the point. The point is that you and I are talking about it. I know. What are we doing? It's in the news. Right into it. You brought it up, dude. You brought it up. But no, I I also agree with you though. It's a bad look. It's like, yo, you just, you just upset the champion. You just got the, the, the the belt over your shoulder and you're now talking about boxing. It's like, come on. Like it's not, it doesn't look good. You, you achieved your goal, your dream. And now you're like going to, it looks like you're trying to do something bigger, which would be go fight boxing. Yeah. So I don't know. But anyway, next next topic. How about a more realistic fight, Chris? Terrence Crawford says he's going to go to 168 to fight Canelo Alvarez. He went on Joe Rogan Experience. First off, awesome to see Terrence Crawford on the Joe Rogan Experience. Whatever you think about Joe Rogan, it is a massive platform. Uh, so that was awesome. So he goes on the show, says a lot of things. But the main thing, takeaway from that podcast was Terrence Crawford saying, I will go to 168. I won't go to 158. I'll go to 168. I'll fight the winner, Canelo Charlo. You calling cap on this, Chris? I listen. Terrence has become a very media savvy guy, and I wow. think he, he had the. I can't believe you just said that. 
Yeah, he had he had the biggest microphone in, for the town square with the Joe Rogan experience, <laughs> biggest podcast <laughs> in the world, and he used it. Because listen, of course he wants to fight those guys. Everybody everybody wants to fight Canelo. That's the biggest money fight possible. And even if he goes up to one sixty eight, I mean, what does he have to lose? He's going to make a ton of money, and in, he he's got nothing to lose there. And then, but can, uh, to the flip side of that coin, Canelo has already said he's not fighting Terence Crawford because he's not going down below one sixty eight. He'd have to come up to one sixty eight, and then he goes, "Well, okay, what if I and I, then I beat him?" And you guys are going to say he was too small. Hmm. There's there's a no win situation for Canelo. I don't really see that fight happening. Charlo though, Charlo I can see happening. That At fight makes sense. No, because unless I mean, if Canelo, if Charlo beats Canelo, he'll probably stay around for the rematch. Hundred percent. And then is he going to stay at 68 there? He doesn't need to. I don't think he'll, I don't think he will. Um, but I could see them fighting. Um, and that fight makes sense because he has bad blood with the Charles anyway. Right. And that would be a massive fight, regardless of how, what happens in the, uh, in the Canelo fight. Uh, because Charles uh, is not undefeated anyway. You know, he, he does have a loss to Tony Harrison, which he avenged. But so if he loses the Canelo and then he moves back down and then fights, fights, uh, fights Terrence, that makes sense. I just, I don't see the Canelo fight happening. Yeah, there's a lot of things. There's gonna if Charlo wins, there's 100% gonna be a rematch. Uh, on top of that, um, I think Crawford is he's into legacy. Obviously, he's calling out mm-hmm. the biggest names. He should. He's 35 years old. Time's ticking. Uh, so you know, Canelo, Charlo, Spence rematch. You know, he's even you know entertaining a Javante Davis fight. Like he's clearly in big fight mode, which he should be, and that's what makes the sport go at the highest levels. We need those types of fights but he's really into uh being undisputed in three weight classes and as we just talked about earlier the minute um charlo steps in the ring against canelo he loses one of his belts so if they do fight at 154 it's going to be for three belts not for four i don't know if that really means anything to to crawford uh because it's a big money fight or does he really really want to chase those belts because if he does then he go to 168 and then you know, it's a way for him to be undisputed with just one fight. I know you're against that. Um, he did it at 147. He beat Spence at the last rung. Spence did all the uh, quote unquote hard work um, at 140. I think Crawford cleared out 140 the right way. Uh, mm-hmm. 147. He beat Spence last 154. He could potentially do that. 168. He could potentially, uh, you know, fight that for that last belt. So he wants that 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 legendary status. But I also think he wants the money. Uh, as he should, and this is a prize fighting. So whatever makes more sense dollar wise, whether it's a Charlo fight coming off of a Canelo win, uh, or Canelo or two Canelo wins in a rematch, or whether it's Charlo at 154, I think uh, it's going to only be big fights for for Crawford from here on out. But it's fun. I think it's really fun. Like having Crawford attached now to Canelo Charlo, as much as you, if you believe it or not, is like a good thing for the sport. Like that's what UFC does well. They have storylines. They have these fighters come in the cage after. Crawford should be at Canelo Charlo, you know, show him, uh, have him come in the ring, like do all that stuff. Like, you know, seize this opportunity, PBC. They've already been seizing it. It seems like a lot by uh, having this media tour. And it's nuts that you said Terrence Crawford has now become a media savvy because this is a guy that just did not want to do media during top rank. I'm seeing a lot of things like, oh, PBC, you know, now we're seeing the star. We're seeing the PBC machine behind Crawford. Yes and no. Yes, PBC does a good job getting their fighters out there. You have to be willing to do media. And I know for a fact when Terrence was during early in his career at top rank, he just simply didn't want, you know, he was getting four or five million uh, a fight and he was happy with that. And he, he just didn't want to do media. So now you have a guy that's that wants to do media and is making top dollar. So it's great to see, even though, you know, he's 35. Yeah, I mean, he he called uh, Spence on the phone to make the fight. Um, you know, that became a a, a storyline and a narrative. 
He's, you know, he's gotten on and trolled the media before and he maybe jumped on the scale a couple of years ago and he weighed yeah. like 178. He's like, yeah, maybe I'll fight a light heavyweight. Maybe I'll call out, you know, this guy or that guy. And people ran with it. He realized like, oh, I have a lot of power with what I can say here. And I think he just took that in, uh, into consideration when he was on the Rogan podcast, because prior to that, he had literally said, I can't go up to 68. And then he goes on the show and says he can and will. So uh, listen, I think, I think he's, he's playing with y'all a little bit, but Listen, if the opportunity presented itself, why would he not do it? Right. Well, do you think he has a chance, though? Do you think do yes. you think Terrence Crawford has a chance against Canelo Alvarez at 168? I think he has a chance against either one of those guys. The weight, though, is is a serious thing. And one of the reasons why Canelo is so successful is he's got such a good chin. And if you can't hurt him and you got a guy that much bigger than you in front of you who's also explosive and talented, it's like that's a really, really big ask. Um, but listen, you know, uh, Crawford, if he goes out there and, you know, gets on his boxer moves and it's like, like looking to win rounds and get by. Yeah, I, I could see it. I could see, I could see it like a, it's almost like a, a Sugar Ray Robinson going all the way up to light heavyweight, um, and, you know, and, and against Joey Maxim, right? I think it was Joey Maxim. That was the fight that he, that he got stopped in the 14th mm-hmm. round because of heat exhaustion, but it was a 12 round fight, you know, it's, and, and it's, is it so crazy to compare Terrence Crawford to one of the all-time greats, maybe the greatest fighter of all time. Maybe not. I mean, he's, he's, he's he's entering, he's entering that era, that, 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 that discussion. So, Hey, it's not the craziest thing in the world. I just don't think it's going to happen. Logistically. Imagine the scenes of a Canelo Crawford fight. If Canelo beats um, Charlo, unbelievable. Like you're looking at 1.5 to 2 million pay-per-view buys. You're looking at a huge gate. You're looking at easy, probably the, you know, two of the the top five Mm -hmm. pound for pound. Two of the biggest names of, of this generation, uh, of this era. I mean, that fight would be massive, massive. But it would be such a tall order for for Charles. Uh, for excuse me, it'd be such a tall order for Crawford. One sixty eight, a guy that started his career at one forty. Then you're talking all time great stats. I get why he's saying it now because he has an opportunity. Like they're both with PBC. Like the stars are kind of aligning for it. Like. All time great status. Like you're talking about him amongst the greats. If you that's why I mentioned up. Robinson. That's what that's yeah. what we're talking about. That's that's the discussion that, that he would enter with a fight like that. It would be it would be something else. Uh, we end the show with something I wanted to talk about last week, but we ran out of time. Uh, what's going on with Shakur Stevenson trying to get a fight at 135? He is now the mandatory there for WBC. Uh, as we think that Devin Haney is going up to 140 to fight pro grade. That fight, I don't think it's going to be October 28th or messing around with the uh, site now so haney goes up to 140 officially then the 135 belt becomes available and it was supposed to be stevenson versus lomachenko but it seems like lomachenko wants more time away you know the the conflict in ukraine he's getting closer and closer to his hometown so it seems like lomachenko is not going to take that fight but now shakur is just like you know, for last year when loma sat out you know he's a hero and everyone all the fighters he still is a hero all the fighters are you know, giving him a break, like not Shakur is not doing that. And he's stepping on his throat on, on Twitter um, saying, you know, well, I can't believe you don't want to fight me for this belt, blah, 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 blah. So now like next up is like Frank Martin or Isak Cruz. And I've heard that Isak Cruz is the front runner to fight Javante Davis. So at least Frank Martin, if you go by the actual rankings of the WBC, Frank Martin versus Shakur is, is a fun fight, but it's becoming really hard for Shakur to, to get a dance partner at 135, even with a belt attached to it. Not surprised. He's a he's a really really difficult guy to to style to fight. He's a really difficult guy to deal with. Um, I mean he's he's just uber uber talented. I hope that he doesn't 
kind of try and jump the line and move up to 40 and try and chase those guys right away without first clearing out 35. I would like to see him do it the old fashioned way and collect all those belts at 135 because I think he can do it. I think he's he is that guy and he can make a lot of good fights in the meantime um, and really just just start hunting guys down. Uh, but yeah, it's the first steps of that process are the toughest getting that first guy to step in the ring with you, getting that first title under your belt. Um, and then collecting it, that becomes hard. E- actually becomes easier and easier because you've got so much pull, but your core right now, it doesn't, and guys can, can, can avoid him. And it seems like they, they are. Yeah. I, I would love to see Shakur fight Lomachenko, but you know, think about it from Loma's standpoint, like that Haney fight took everything out of him, man. You yeah. saw him back there crying. I know he's become a meme now, but you know, rational people will could see that uh, he put a lot into that fight and wanted to win. Uh, he wanted to become undisputed. That was his last achievement that he wanted to do. Comes up short against Haney or whoever you thought um, he did in that fight. He lost. Officially, he has an L and he does not have those belts. So therefore, like, all right, do I go back to and and just go back to the drawing board, get one more belt against Shakur, and like, I think we all know how that fight's gonna play out. You know, I expect Shakur to really put a hurting on on Lomachenko in that fight. Um, I understand it from from Lomachenko's standpoint. Uh, who knows what he'll do next? Maybe move down to one thirty. That's up and up for maybe Navarrete fight, but I, I just don't know. I don't know where his his head is at. Uh, whether it's trying to fight in in the Ukraine or or at least go there and, and and support them or where he's at at age 35 a lot of wear and tear and not a, you know no real path to a undisputed or a longer path so it's interesting but I do like Shakur versus Frank Martin like that would be a sick fight that would be an awesome fight yeah, and, and honestly, for Frank Martin, I don't think it's too soon in his career. I mean, a lot of guys, listen, you lose to a guy like Shakur, not saying that Frank's definitely going to lose, but most likely, you know, he Shakur is going to gonna win that fight. But, like, it wouldn't be the worst thing in Frank's career if he takes an early loss to a guy like Shakur who's going to go on and, and be the man. Um, I think Frank Martin's a, a very good, very good fighter. Um, he's a he's a world class guy. He's just in a really tough weight class, and it's kind of early in his career. So he's got he's got a long way to go. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's a bad fight at all. I think, I think, I think it's good for, for both of them. I think it would be great, great exposure for Martin. Um, it's a title opportunity and, you know, Shakur gets busy and he fights a guy that's undefeated and is, is streaking right now. So yeah, why not? Yeah. That's a, I mean, he wins that, that fight, either guy, they deserve that belt. 135. It's fresh. It's a PVC yep. versus top rank. If you're into that still, um, so that's what's going on at 135. That's what's going on for our show this week. Uh, there are some other fights announced. Richardson Hitchens is fighting Chan Cepeda. Interesting, interesting. Interesting. How about this one? Talk about interesting. Two guys I've sparred, so we're going to talk a lot about that one as we get closer. Oh, insider information there. How about this? Um, did you see this? Gilberto Ramirez fighting Joe Smith at Dude, 190. My guy Joe Smith. Yes, my guy Joe Smith moving up. War Joe Smith, the beast, Long Island's the best uh the best beast out there on uh, mastic beach uh really close to where i grew up um 190 so what did it like how much does what what weight does gilberto ramirez really walk around at 230 220 i've heard i've heard like 215 in shape so <laughs> i don't know what that means out of shape he came in like 15 pounds over when he was still trying to make a uh, light heavyweight so those days are over so he he's now a 190er uh, so this is an interesting. They should make WBC will probably make a whole new belt for this. Yeah, that belt. definitely uh, that definitely helps Zerto. You know, he's the bigger man. But I will tell you this: Joe spars with a lot of heavyweights. I've been I've known Joe for a very long time. You know, obviously Long Island connection. He spars in my gym all the time. Um, he he spars with Adam Konaki, and Adam was like, "Yo, that guy can punch." So 
yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, it's a bad thing necessarily. But Zerto's definitely going to be the bigger man. I don't think Joe gets really that heavy. He's just a naturally lean guy. He's very, very strong because Joe and he, he owns like a like a uh, like a tree business on Long Island and like literally does the work himself. Oh, yeah. So very, very strong guy. Um, good punch. Very long. Uh, it's an interesting fight. I, I shoot, I, I, I like it. I'm happy for Joe. Uh, there was a time in my broadcast career where I was hell bent on interviewing Joe Smith up in a tree. Hmm. We got That's very close idea. to doing it. We got very, very bad close. idea on your part. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm heading, I'm getting up in that tree with Joe Smith. Uh, yeah, he, he he's the working man, and I'm happy to see him back uh, coming off of that uh, that tough loss to to better BF. All right, that's our show this week. Hope everyone enjoys the weekend. Um, some good fights this weekend. We're going with Usyk late, uh, Jared Anderson early, and then some really good fights over on top. Bring any final words, Christopher Algieri? No, like yeah, I'm just gonna say, like, even uh, I'm gonna reiterate that this this year has been such a fantastic year for boxing. Even on a slow weekend like this weekend, we got all day fights on Saturday. I love when we have those those afternoon fights, and then yes. we got more fights later on. They're not competing with each other. I can literally just sit down and watch fights all day. I'm, unfortunately, I'm working, so I'm not gonna be able to do that. But um, but yeah, for the fans at home, man, you get the you get to tune in, watch boxing all afternoon on a Saturday. Can't we love that. it. Significant others, the wives out there don't don't love it. But that's what we have Friday night for. All right, everybody. Enjoy it. Uh, protect yourselves at all time. Keep 